Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast where I'm going to have to edit out the part that uh, where Hot Stuff just told uh, my password <laughs> to. <laughs> um, oh, you guys don't know my login name, so it'll be fine. Hi, I'm your host, Jake. I'm sure that's not guessable at all. <laughs> Hi, I'm Riff. <laughs> Hi, I'm Shame Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, I, I never do the, I never include the pre-roll for this anyway. okay good i don't do like an intro and outro thing because i would have to like what i do for video games hot dog is i find the funniest thing riff said right. during the kol <laughs> podcast and i edit it into video games hot dog oh, you know last last week riff no, there was just nothing yeah there was just no, no pressure intro or outro. <laughs> yeah because you weren't here how was your uh, how was your parent parents visit uh, it was cool um we wandered around and some saw some of the stuff here in portland that i hadn't got around to seeing yet and most of it was pretty cool like girls oh, <laughs> oh snap burn. uh i'm sorry Riff. That Actually, was there was a waitress that was super cute except she was 13 <laughs> no it was like it was like having a waitress who is like the british pantomime peter pan girl <laughs> i don't know what any of those words mean okay uh, well imagine Imagine a children's, a play being put on for children, and it's Peter Pan, and they got, like, a college freshman girl to play Peter Pan, and imagine what she looks and sounds and acts like. So, like a Sandy Duncan? That sort of super chirpy, Uh like, yeah. Did she have a glass eye? Oh, I didn't notice. Did Sandy Duncan have a glass eye? Do you think she and Peter Falk shared it? Uh, ooh. No, I think they just got a discount by buying a pair. (laughs) You think they sell those in pairs? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you need one, you might need two, depending on how this occurred. Do they do they match in color, or are they like a pair with ones like a red and ones like a normal human shade? So you can swap them out. Yeah, yeah. This one's for this one's my angry eye. Yeah. Man, if I was getting a glass eye, it would be the eye of Sauron. I would get, yeah, I would yeah. build, it's like some sort of LED thing that was maybe powered by, I don't know, a piezo in my, clench between my teeth. <laughs> so if I went, ah, bah, 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 it would make my so eye glow. Yeah. And I do that all the time, so it would basically be glowing nonstop. I was always thinking it'd be good to get just like a really bright, just solid blue one, like a like a bright blue marble. That would look really weird. Ooh, so you'd look like uh, you'd look like a like a weird robotman. Yeah. Uh, you went to some museums and stuff. Yeah, we went to the uh, Portland Art uh, Museum, which has some interesting stuff, and we went to uh, the Portland uh, Japanese Garden, which is super beautiful. Uh, I actually kind of it it kind of inspired me to want to try and like reconstruct or replicate it in Minecraft, but I kind of don't need another project that could theoretically never end <laughs> so yeah would you, maybe I mean, best I guess to you leave could just that on the table find a desert biome and just constantly rearrange the sand blocks yeah <laughs> well it's it's a it's a, it's only partly the section that has like that sort of zen sand garden thing is actually pretty small it's mostly like trees and, yeah. and little stone paths and streams and stuff. It's there's super one of those, nice. There's one of those here in Golden Gate Park that is also really, really, really nice. Yeah, have you have you been to that one, Riff, in San no. Francisco? Uh, I've never been to San Francisco. Why you have you come not come out to San Francisco? Because I'm lazy. 
Well, you don't like traveling or yeah. fun. Or, or meeting people <laughs> or leaving my 10 by 20 foot apartment. <laughs> Riff. You should you should come hang out sometime. Yeah, I, I'm sure I'm sure it'll happen. We'll have we'll we'll have like a there'll be like a big uh, West of Loathing like work oh, push rap, event or or yeah. and, and or a rap party. Yeah, that I, I, that I'm sure I will not be able to to justify busting rhymes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you won't be allowed to justify missing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, uh, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna load up my old, uh, my old Steam app here, because I think that it is possible that as, uh, I mean, certainly by the time you hear this, this will have happened, but, um, so. We'll have met a meaningless Ste- metric. Steam Greenlight gives you <laughs> this weird metric that I don't really understand what it means. I have a theory, uh, and it is the percentage of progress that you have made towards being in the top 100 of green light and we are now 97 percent of the way to the top 100 oh, nice so um, is 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 that maybe just where they start looking at you and deciding if they're gonna pass you that's it the seems theory. like it here's a question what if you are 10 percent of the way towards the top 100 at the moment that they choose 50 of the top 100 to put on steam mm-hmm. then you're suddenly way further without yep. any extra votes having come on that seems weird that seems like a weird set of numbers to put in front of people at a specific rate. Hmm. Um, they've also given us a bunch of graphs that don't make any sense. The, so the graphs finally make sense to me because I finally understand that it's actually uh, the like there's, there's right. It presents it presents what appears to be an integer, but there's yeah. a comma in it. So I did notice, I was like, something is wrong because this comma takes place four digits before the end of the number instead of three. Hmm. So something is weird there on some of them, but it's actually two numbers <laughs> that it's right. presenting to uh. you. Two two integers that it's presenting to you by putting a comma between them. Yeah. And it was confusing because on one of them, it looked it just looked like it was like 30,630 or whatever, but it's actually 30 comma 630. And... It it suddenly everything made sense when it was just like oh this is thirty days out they have six hundred votes or whatever, which is so that's like the the number one one hundred spot and we on day one have more votes than they had after a hundred days or after thirty days so I think we're fine yeah uh, so now we just get to learn what happens yeah. Um. I, I it, the whole process is really really opaque, but it's basically and we weren't worried about this. I did not anticipate it uh, resolving so quickly. It hasn't yet, right? It right? hasn't resolved. But I, you know, I there is probably some day they probably like once a week they probably just sort of call over the top fifty or a hundred or whatever, decide on some stuff that they think might be good on Steam, and then greenlight those games. And like it's become super informal there's no longer like yeah it's really easy to get through the process now it's i mean easy in the sense like you know i don't know if you are just if you just come from nowhere and you don't have an audience that you can point at it yes i think it's still pretty possible to get through the process yeah because even before we told anyone about it votes started trickling in Yes. And they were like sixty percent no, forty percent yes, well, which is like, like 50, it was like fifty fifty. Like it, it, it was variable because there, there were so few of them that like two votes changing would make that number go away. But it was like 
yeah, it was like between 40 and 50% were yes. And between 50 and 60% were no for the first like 50 votes. And then we publicized that we had a green light and it was like 85% yes and yeah. 15% no. Now it's 83%. Uh, 83%. There's a pie chart. 83% yes, 17% no. Uh, the 83% is yellow. Uh, yeah. Also making the pie chart a percentage of this pie chart that looks like Pac-Man. <laughs> yes. Um, which is pretty nice. Although he's pointed up, uh, up and to the left. He's asleep. Oh, okay. Boy, I hope he's not too drunk or he'll have a little Hendrix. Right. He'll, he'll just drown in a bunch of liquefied dots. He's passed oh, out wait. on back. Does it come back I as a ghost? That sentence as, wrong. Oh, is Hendrix gin? Yeah, I thought I he was having he's a little Hendrix because gin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I hope he didn't get so drunk before he went to bed that he decided to play a prank on himself by loading his apartment <laughs> building standpipe with Hendrix gin and then setting a delayed reaction fire to trigger the sprinkler system. So that in his sleep, wow, he would. What? That is that, a complicated. <laughs> that's a complicated. But that's obviously what Riff meant, right? Yeah, Riff, sure. Yeah, see, D- to Riff, the letter. Riff and, I, Riff and I are on the same page. What's wrong with you, Kevin? Okay. <laughs> see, I said Kevin so that I can use that in the pre-roll for video games hot dogs right. and not call you hot stuff. Um. So we... I had to change my Steam name to Asymmetric. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it was like, hey, welcome to West of Loathing, courtesy of Woomph's Workshop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, that's a cool name for a thing, though. <laughs> Woomph's Workshop? Yeah. I'd go there. If that, oh, what if, if your company was like name a... was Woomph's Workshop, and then you went to the Steam, and it was like Woomph's Workshop Workshop? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it just appends. Uh, workshop. Or if you just created a new Steam account called Woomph's Workshop, Woomph's Workshop's Woomph. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> I wonder how long a Steam name can be. I don't know. I, there is somebody that I'm friends with as on Steam as a result of a video game like just saying yes to every friend request that pretty regularly changes their name to just weird sentences. Um, so I just see some weird thing all the time. I can't. There's someone whose Steam name is Metapod uses Harden. <laughs> which I think is just a line from a Pokemon yeah. battle. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, uh, did the challenge path? Ca- yeah, the challenge path came out between Shows. the last show yep. and now. And uh, boy, do the forums love it. There's definitely been some opinions. Yeah. yeah. The Slack uh, really likes it, though. Yeah, I mean, it, and people who send in questions to to the podcast are also not being total shits about it because that's the difference between the forums and a thing where people are actually trying to communicate with people instead of puff up their chests. You know, publicly. I'm fine with that to some extent, right? Like, because the forums, it, people sort of voicing without a filter, which is what forums apparently are, uh, does give you sort of like a feeling about like what people's sort of visceral reactions to something what are some people's visceral reactions yeah but that's fine i mean that's that but that, yeah, that's, no, that's still thing data. That, that's still yeah it's still data it just it just hurts my feelings it makes me sad yeah that's like, that's the thing that's, that's, that's annoying. the problem um i think it is likely that we will tweak some numbers yeah i i mean i, I think that we have <sighs> i don't think that it is possible for us to do a challenge path where anything is more difficult than normal play without the response in the forums being that. 
You don't think it's the, just the particular way that we've made it more difficult? It might be in this case, but I do think that the the opinion has been expressed to me, and I think this is from within Dev. Like, if we ever make a challenge path where two-day runs are not possible, mm-hmm. that optimizers will just hate it, no matter how good it is, no matter what it consists of, no matter why... Two day runs aren't possible if and, we make and a challenge. No matter pack. the fact that everybody can in competition for it yeah. is also suffering from the same lag. I I mean I, I, I agree that they'll say that. I don't think it's justified. I don't see no, how that and, makes and any I don't sense. and I don't think that it means anything. I don't I don't think that that means that we have a responsibility to only make challenge paths that are as easy as or easier than the non challenge version yeah. of the game. Like <laughs> it's like bees hit you was actually more difficult than playing the regular game, yeah, and it had a bunch of constraints and was kind of cool and interesting in that way. Yeah, and people were really excited about bees hate you, and now people are comparing this path to bees hate you as a way of describing it as shitty, which, hmm. like, you know, it's just it it's what we like we created this problem, sure by by making like avatar paths that were actually yeah by making avatar paths where you were significantly more powerful than you would have been not on the path right right because that's fun that's fun sometimes other stuff is fun sometimes yeah you know you know like it was funny i liked that cd moyer came in and they said well why couldn't they have done these constraints in an interesting way like list two paths and then cd moyer pointed out those two paths were the two least popular paths that we've ever done um, I mean, maybe that just speaks to the mindset of the the particular folks that are talking in the yeah. forums, right? Because like they like a particular thing, which is just not what a lot of people like. Yeah, I mean, they like they're upset that you have to spend time leveling, like period. Right. They're upset that you have to spend any time leveling your stats, which like. Used you know, to be a mainstay of the game. Yeah, it really did. And, like, I'll bet some of those people at some point in the last five years have talked about how much they wished the game was more like it was in 2009 when everybody had to do that all the time every run. Like, yeah, it, it's lame. It's it's a it's a lame bunch of feedback. Well, but, it, I mean, it indicates the ways in which the game has changed. Yeah. And... If the game is more fun now than it was back in those days, whether people know it or not, then maybe this is the way that it, you know, it should be. And making these paths where we sort of subvert that reminds us that it's it's in a better space than it was. Yeah, but it should also remind the players of that. Sure. If they are to keep some perspective. Uh, Mr. Fluff and Stuff says, Howdy, I've been around KOL and other ASM projects for several years, and so I was somewhat surprised at how fully excited I was when I saw the trailer for West of Loathing with Jixart fully animated. Here's one more person that cannot wait for this game to be released. Cheers, Fluff. Yeah, you know, Wes is oh, yeah. really good at yeah. his job. And we've got so many, like, great people on the team. Like, the 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 battle music, the clip of battle music that we heard today from, from our music guy was just so good. Yep. It, it, I literally teared up a little because it was so oh. awesome. <laughs> the music the music is really really great. Yeah. 
and the animation is great and and your art looks way better than i expected it to in animated form and... yeah and and in 3d yeah like, there there was no there was no guarantee that this was going to work at all right until we we had uh uh brad the, mm-hmm. the the so the initial like proof of concept for this was we we paid for an afternoon of the time of this guy brad uh who this is the guy that made war games whopper yeah that that iphone game that we all really yeah. liked um and i was like all right here's a here's a bunch of pngs that are huge can you just put these in a diorama and make it so a dude can move around in them and just see if this looks like complete horseshit or not and like an hour in unity and it's like oh nope this is gonna work like this is what we're doing for the next couple of years because <laughs> that is cool yeah um yeah, I'm really happy. And, you know, we're learning how to make other stuff look good, and we're learning how to do all kinds of stuff. And the programmer is great, and the animator is great, and we're great. I mean, we already knew we were great. <laughs> but, you know, now we just have to be diligent about continuing to, like, really make a lot of content and make yep. sure that yeah. it's funny and, like, just get the thing done. Yep. I figured out a way today to, to make the thing that, that I'm working on that is too large, like a third less large. So (laughs) that'll help. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, it's good. It's plenty large. I mean, you know, this, the stuff that we made that I thought of as, as a thing that you would spend like 15 minutes on people who are comprehensively exploring it are taking like 45. So I think there's going to be plenty of game, even if we think there's not enough game. Hmm. I don't know why that, I don't know why I wouldn't expect that to extend out from, kol right like stuff that stuff that i feel like is kind of half-assed is often just as popular as stuff that i spent twice as much time on um and it you know i've said this before but it's amazing how much mileage you get out of like making it so you got to move around from place to place as opposed to just having mafia click links for you mm-hmm. right like when content is just a results text that you're reading from a series of things that were done without you interacting with them content goes by really really fast right and when you're actually moving around in a world it's like oh this is cool this is a place this is a thing moving around in a place messing with stuff and it's yeah it's good yeah the music is really good i was like i just had the game running and amelia walked by the door of my office at the house and was like oh this is nice what are you listening to like oh this is the music that i paid this guy to make for my video game oh cool (laughs) yeah it is nice it really is objectively like good music i like i like that we can sort of tongue-in-cheek but sort of like realistically say this is this is sort of like a stick figure version of skyrim right because it's gonna it's it has a bunch of content there's a bunch of like a branching narrative there's like cool stuff to like cool world to explore it's a cool world i would say that this is the video game version of cool Cool world (laughs) um and i think uh uh, it also reminds me a lot of heroes quest and i think those are the sort of two touchstones that i keep using when i try to describe the game to other people the trouble with that touchstone is not a lot of people are familiar with it i think oh yeah it might that might be true we should say we should say oh this game is a lot like hero quest rogue to redemption no, hero you, yeah, hero you, yeah, the uh, the catastrophic Kickstarter failure on the it's, part of old they're still Corey working on it. Lori Cole, I yeah, think they are. I mean, I still get Kickstarter updates about it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So the people that made Hero Quest, Heroes Quest, well, it was originally it was Heroes Quest originally, Heroes and then it Quest. became Quest for Glory because yeah. Mattel 
on uh, Heroes Quest. Yeah, Mattel, I think, just like filed a trademark claim against Sierra because of Hero Quest. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, right. okay. So, so, th- so that's why I'm confused because I'm thinking of that that board yeah. game. Did you uh, did you huh. just encounter the Sierra game as Quest for Glory? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Like, my, I I still have a box that says Heroes Quest on it. Yeah, that's I uh, played it first as Heroes Quest. I played that game first at. This is more of a story for the next podcast, but that game I discovered when I was in Chicago as, I don't know, an 11 year old at my dad had gone to a, the like Illinois Sheriff's Association Sheriff's Conference because unlike like an Arizona Sheriff's Conference would be 11 people because I think there's 11 counties in Arizona, uh-huh. but there are like 350 counties in Illinois wow. because counties are so much smaller there and there's so many like tiny little towns and and the the boundaries so, so the like sheriff is a county based thing mm-hmm. huh no so idea. is the count not really <laughs> but, <laughs> so I is mean, a duchovny <laughs> what is the what is a duchovny the collective noun for <laughs> sex addicts it's a, it's a, i stumbled into a, a duchoven of sex addicts <laughs> I stumbled into a sex attic <laughs> occupied by a by a decoven of sex addicts. <laughs> Do you think David Duchovny has a sex attic? <laughs> Would be a, like a like a waterbed. <clears throat> anyway, uh, they had this computer lab set up at the at the hotel that the sheriff's conference was in, and there's were just a bunch of games. And Heroes Quest was one of them, and it was, like, amazing. And I think that was one of the things where I had to... I couldn't play it without getting a RAM upgrade Hmm. in the Tandy 1000EX that we had. Huh. So it was, like, six months or a year before I was able to play it at home. And even then, it was too slow. Like, the combat was too sluggish to actually play. So I ended up playing that game to the extent that you could without ever getting in any fights. See, it's cases like that that make me wish that they had thought, well, let's make the game winnable without any fights. Right. Because, you know, because I would have found it. There were a couple of, like, arcadey sections that w- were, would have also been really hard. Yeah, I don't think I would have been able to deal with the wizard's maze. The wizard's maze, maze yeah. yeah. The the way that I did win fight, well, like, I, could, I, I had spent hours just throwing knives at that target and leveling up my knife throwing skill and then just buying a bunch of daggers and you could throw a dagger at the thing while it was across the screen right. and before it caught you and if you were good enough at it eventually you could kill the lower level enemies without actually getting into combat with hmm. them but that was not that I was a, not on purpose i had a character that had like a hundred in every stat and was super excited that you could import it into the next game and then i never i like played the first half hour of the second game and was like it wasn't very good no it really wasn't like i remember very quickly just getting into like a weird first person maze of the streets yeah there's like a weird like uh, vertical maze where you had to like jump on stuff or something like as i recall yeah i don't remember i just remember like being really excited in later like this was like like this was after i'd like learned to pirate things or whatever like i i didn't play it until it was like on an abandonware site Mm. and just thinking well this is not very good at all I did buy, there was one that came from like the VGA era that I eventually found in like a bargain bin at Walmart for five bucks. That was, I think the fourth one, maybe. Okay. It was. There's one that you, where you play as a 
female protagonist, right? This one, you were the dude. Okay. Um, it was Shadows of Darkness or something. You, It was like Transylvanian. Oh, huh, neat. Um, or am I was... thinking of King's Quest, like Rosella's Quest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Perils of Rosella was King's Quest. Four. Four. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think Leisure Suit Larry... There was a Leisure Suit Larry where you were a female. Really? <laughs> For part of it, at least. It was like... Okay passionate patty in the something something uh, something okay. something i don't remember and what a dumb set of things that was leisure suit larry yeah i as a kid it felt really transgressive and interesting yeah, yeah. Well, i remember sitting in the in the computer lab with like <clears throat> those of us who were after school for club stuff and, and snuck away to play Leisure Suit Larry and were trying to remember, like, trying to figure out the answers to the to the trivia questions you had to answer to prove that you were an adult. Yeah, because it was all just, like, trivia about the Beatles and stuff. Yeah, the Beatles like, and, like, when was Kennedy shot and stuff like that. I mean, I remember mostly just knowing that stuff by the time it was that. Or, like, and then I could just ask Mom, who was in the next room, which is weird. That she would just tell you, or yeah. that did you, she had no idea what you were asking for. Yeah, though. like why? Why do you want to know that? Uh, I don't know, so I can play this video game and have it give me my first boner. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, okay, that's not weird. Get out of my house." Event viewer says, "Are there any trophies in the source?" There are not. Zen zero zero says, "If we do enough odd jobs, will we get a steel rimmed hat?" That is pretty funny, actually. You know. There should be a, a trophy in the source that you can only get by by a URL manipulation or, or something. Mm. Hacking mm-hmm. a hacking yeah, a trophy out of yeah, yeah, something that you know, if we made that those those fake code snippets, I had a lot of fun making that thing. Uh, equals 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 equals. <laughs> yeah. It's ex- amazingly equal to. <laughs> uh, the, for a while, if you happen to get one of those code segments that was less than or equal to, it would just uh, make the rest of the output of the page not be there. Right. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hiding something in there, right? Like mm. occasionally saying a uh, puzzle piece and then give you a fragment of a url or something and then going to that url and maybe it's a different url for every player and going to that url gives you the or you know it's like a thing you gotta ask grandpa about or whatever that yeah that would have been clever maybe we'll do that maybe we won't uh malibu stacy says hi as a new player it's extremely cost prohibitive to acquire old items of the month especially the account bound ones like tomes charters and familiars e.g 500 million for conspiracy island charty charter 170 million for smith's tome would you nice chaps ever think of making some available in some way, such as the raffle, so that new players have a chance of obtaining them, or at least making the mall price go down, presumably as stocks go up? Perhaps as, uh, only items of the month already out of standard restrictions could be re-released in this way if you were to keep their old expiry dates unchanged. Thanks. I still want to stick to the promise that we've made that we won't ever intro- reintroduce items of the month. You know, the point of standard was to make it so you didn't have to get over that hurdle in order to play competitively. And I think that we've succeeded in that. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it sucks if you want to have some of that old stuff because it is very expensive. But it was it's sort of a reward for people who've played a long time that the, the like them giving us $10 six years ago 
is worth a ton now, right? And the hope is that like that promise carries forward. Maybe you'll give us ten dollars now, and six years from now, like an extra ten dollars to to yeah to invest in to invest yeah. item of the month. And I think that has always been really important to us making enough money to exist yeah. is that investor confidence, that speculative market. Uh, the Amazing Mr. Toothpaste writes, This fancy falling text in the new path is fun to look at, but when it gets really heavy, it noticeably slows down everything else going on in my browser. Well, I'm pretty sure there's more to them than just pretty visual effects. Is there any chance we could toggle that effect? Thank you. Yeah, I, I, that's, I don't mind giving people the ability to, like, turn that down or off. Yeah. Uh, Pigrat says, Dear Jake Griffin Hunt Stuff, A few months ago, a player asked for a shop or world event where one could spend the random crimbo things that drop from the deck of every card. You said it wouldn't help because the supplies would be replenished over time anyway. What about a holiday-type event like crimbo in July or something where players could spend their old Toymaker stuff from the deck on goodies or gift items, but only once every 160 days? That is not a bad idea. Yeah. Like like a workshop where you're building all the toys for next year's crimbo. <laughs> <laughs> or like a... Like a... Um, I don't know, just like Black History Day or something on the like, like some sort of history celebration where there's just like a museum opens up. Maybe a museum opens up where there's also like the zone where you can fight monsters that you can't fight anymore to to get factoids or whatever. Yeah. Huh. And I think we should just call it Black History Week and it should last a week. Huh. Well, KOL months are eight days long, so... Okay, so weeks are two days. Sure. Yeah. We do Women's History Month. It's only 70% as long as Men's History Month. The Giver says, more custom sort tabs for inventory management, please. Lots more. Why? I don't understand why it would be limited in, like, it can't. I thought we already did that. I don't understand. I I think we talked about it, but I don't know that we did it. But didn't, I thought we mentioned it to Chris and he was like, okay, it's bigger. Maybe it didn't get pushed out. Pan Solo, that is a good name for a sorcerer, I'm assuming. Uh, I would like to know why the plural of reflection of a map is reflections of maps, and if you would consider changing it to the shorter and funnier, spam. While that is funny, it would be really confusing, I think, if you saw it and didn't think of... Oh! Right? And I think that jokes in the pluralizations of items are a sauce best used extremely sparingly. Uh, Joy says, I'm super excited about West of Loathing. What more can you tell us about it? Uh, I don't know. Hot stuff. What can you tell them about West of Loathing they don't already know? That they don't already know. Yeah. Uh, It is going to be out on iPads, probably. It has a kind of snake in it that is on fire. Okay. There's a funny old-timey prospector. Uh, there's, there's a funny old timey prostitute. <laughs> there's a whole gag involving a bunch of spittoons. It's true. Uh, Joy says, "Are you still planning on having the next KOLCon as an online Twitch Tower event? Can the KOLCon after that be in the Bay Area?" So that's two separate questions. I w- the K the the KOLCon Twitch level is not gonna be much of anything right it'll be like is this, are we doing this I, I, I would like to yeah okay. i would like to give people the opportunity to give us mr accessories for those con items again just okay. in a shop where we just sell them maybe at 
last year plus one maybe at just last year well do we do a new one oh huh that is a good question i don't know okay uh but you know basically there were a bunch of people who were sad they couldn't buy the tea tree right and maybe they'll buy the tea tree uh but it would not consist of much it, it's not going to be like the amount of work that a kol con is right um I also really don't know about doing an event of that scale in the Bay Area. I don't think that nearly as many people would be able to afford to come to it. We would have to charge way more for it to be able to pay for a venue out here of... And we have no relationships with any of that. Size. Yeah, we of don't have... Things. Like, we don't have a bartending service that we know. We don't have the casino night people that we know. We don't have the venue that we already have a relationship with. We don't have food trucks that we can just say hey it's us again right you know that it's it would be it like the the it's a whole different ball game kol con became a lot less work after we had sort of gotten it down to a sort of rote situation the first couple of years were a ton of work and having to start that all over again is not something that i'm super excited about i mean some of that is like getting better at spelunky where the thing that leveled up is our souls sure. and your <laughs> your ability to you know sure uh, and like let's say west of loathing really takes off uh and there are like a million new kol players because they're like yeah. they like they play west of loathing and they love it and they want more and then there's like a renaissance for the game here's an asymmetricon or whatever yeah. right that we just do a new thing i mean maybe we figure out some place down kind of in the south bay to do it where it's cheaper to get hotels like or we do it like in the woods like some sort of creepy coven oh man like a burning <laughs> sword and martini man oh like yeah a coven <laughs> God, a duke coven <laughs> yeah it's c-h-o-d-u-c-h-o-v-e-n uh, I'm gonna tweet that the collective noun for sex addicts is a dick coven. I don't. How are you gonna spell it to make it? Yeah, to make it clear. It's. I think doing it d u c h o v e n is gonna make it not read as a play on the word coven. Right. Man. Uh, Shion Shizune says, "Will you ever revamp the beginning of the game to make it more appealing to new players?" I would argue that adding the skeleton store and madness bakery and all of those things to do very early on has already done that to some extent. I like the idea of, I like the idea of replacing the tutorial with something that is not nominally a tutorial. Like the tutorial is still there, mm -hmm. but he just becomes like a quest giver that sends you out into what seems like the world. Right, but, it's but is like a but is secretly a tutorial, you know? Because the sort of secret tutorialization in West of Loathing is really solid, I think. And and the the way the tutorial works now for KOL is real. It's like checklisty in a way mm. that doesn't really feel like the rest of the game. Like it feels more like a set of chores than it feels like a world to explore. And a lot of it could be the same, you know. It's just, there's just, like, a quest line. Right. And if it doesn't feel like a tutorial, we don't have to give people the option to skip it. How how come we didn't make the toot oracle? 
for this challenge that was funny i mean play havoc would have really appreciated it yeah oh man uh speaking of speaking of i don't know why play havoc reminded me of this but uh the super mega guy johnny smash has uh kickstarted and just successfully like oh it's already yeah it funded in a day oh great uh uh, a a hardback book of maybe not hardback but a book of super mega comics and he contacted me beforehand and asked me if i wanted to do a guest comic for it and i said hell yeah i want to do a guest comic for it so now i got to write a comic that i think is worthy of inclusion in a super mega comic book um, how did like what did he used to play or how how did he know about you no he i found out that he was in tucson and i just emailed him and i was like hey your comics are cool if you're ever in phoenix and you want to get a beer or something we're up here and well all of us who make this game like you and he just like remembered it so the, the two guest contributors are me and ryan north so nice like yay other are, are there any other guest contributors i don't I don't think so. I think that it was just that... Like, Randall Monroe would also be kind of a funny, weird one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't I mean, I think it's possible that Ryan North liked it and oh, sure. contacted him because Super Mega Comics is really good. Yeah. It is. It's got a cognitive barrier to entry. Like, sure. it is very, very rare that I will show someone the Grapes comic <laughs> and have them really dig it like yeah like i mean i'm tempted to say i have them really get it <laughs> um, okay <laughs> because it seems to me to be obvious that if you got it you would understand that it was the best comic you know yeah. that's right if there was ceiling fan college where you learned so much about ceiling fan college <laughs> mm, man his the 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 stuff that he's been doing recently is pretty good too there's a basketball one that's real good and there's a soccer one that's real good it turns out uh friendship was the real soccer ball (laughs) (laughs) oh man how am i gonna how am i gonna measure up it's a good question you could uh you could sort of put some of the work uh out there by just writing um some procedural generation yeah, comic generator that was what i was gonna suggest and just keep keep working it until it it get something that you like mm. i'm also gonna uh i i got uh, like a guy who's putting on a roguelike fan convention here in san francisco in september uh met us at puzzled pint found out hmm. that i was the kol guy and asked me to do a talk which i'm gonna do a talk about procedural joke generation nice or level generation or whatever just i'm just gonna just talk about the way that we use procedural generation that's to, great to make stuff and i don't know i might i might like have a have a phone call with you guys where you guys the listeners uh where uh i asked for like what what you guys think is interesting about it just like from your own individual perspectives anyway uh jick writes no not um in the forums writes and jick transcribes into the uh into the question thing um so i said on the last podcast that i didn't like that the altar in spooky raven requires the candles from the castle yes and how that to me feels like just a lame arbitrary adventure game puzzle and Don't you those said also drop from the library they do not oh, huh. that i'm aware of okay um and i said that i felt like that was like a very early kol lame adventure game puzzle kind of thing that was fine when there weren't nine thousand items there are literally nine thousand items now um but is not I, I like it less now. You said it 
makes the world feel less real when things are completely self-contained. Yes. Somebody wrote that they agree with you and says, not, this was Natum, says, something like the pretentious artist quest interconnects the zones and make the kingdom feel more like a world and less like a series of isolated groups of monsters. The difference there, I, I would argue, is that the pretentious artist tells you where to go and what he wants from there, and that's all those things are for. It's fine if you're being sent to a bunch of different places to do stuff, as long as there is a way to find out what you're supposed to do. And I would argue that for the candles that you need for the altar thing, there isn't any way to find out what to do except mm. to ask another player or look at the wiki. Yeah, that's fair. There's there's nothing that tells you that that's what you would need. I mean, I guess you could just search for candles in the mall, and I mean, I don't know how many items are there that are a candle in Kingdom of Loathing right now, he asked, knowing full well that all he would have to do would be to log into the game. Does anything really even time. tell you that you... Need candles to use. It says that, on? that there is black. It, it hints that there is like little puddles of black wax ah. on the thing. Nothing hints at you that you need the scroll really either. <laughs> like it's, you know, I think that is equally that is an equally bad part of the puzzle. But having, because I mean, when do you get to the? I guess you don't get to the cellar of Spooky Raven until level eleven, right? Right. So, you, so you've been to the castle. You didn't necessarily get a candle to drop. Though. But you might have. You might have. Uh, if and I if you ascend enough, you definitely will. Four candle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So there's big dribbly candle, seal blubber candle, imbued seal blubber candle, votive candle. What's a votive candle? That's one of those little ones. Clerical. No, no, no. I'm saying what I know what a votive candle oh. is. I'm asking what. <laughs> They're candles that only come it's out a, on November second. You know what it is? It's yeah. a fucking Manuel potion. Hmm. Mm. Bad. bad bad because it's not a because it's not actually a potion bad bad crap no it's just that it's like oh hey what's this item that could be an interesting thing like nope it's just this thing that it just like they shit up the namespace with something without being clear what they do now, that is not to say that most KOL items make it clear what they do based on yeah. their names but, you know, somebody might think, oh, I must need a bunch of these votive candles to summon a demon. Wait a minute, this votive candle just makes me look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo or whatever. <laughs> it does. I don't know which uh, makes you look like... No, come on. Come on. Who is it? Makes you look like Father McGruber? Who is Father McGruber? That is one, one of, of the, the zombie hunters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, who is he based on? He's based on the guy, he's based on the priest from Dead Alive, I think. Ah, uh, okay. I think I had that, I think I thought that he was based on the guy from... MacGyver. Yeah. No, um, uh, fuck, the, the guy in Ravenholm in Half-Life 2. Oh, right. Uh, I don't remember his name. But that we didn't have him, right? Like we had Gordon Freeman as one of them, right? But we didn't have the the crazy old man. You know, we hmm. Or maybe we did have both of them, and that's why I was confused. Yeah, that might that be true. That sounds familiar, right? Yeah, it does. It might also be that 
you know, that I wrote him as being kind of both those guys. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a thing. Who? What is the name of the guy in Ravenholm? I'm looking at this wiki. Oh, boy, this wiki has a lot of ads. <laughs> Father Grigory. Right. Okay, so that makes sense that that guy could be both of those things. Uh, Vernatio says, hello, the new challenge path is really cool. Slow stats gains make it harder to burn out, and I'm even getting to do the Nemesis quest in run, which feels pretty unique. Would you be open to possibly adding some way of restoring MP while fighting the agents, though? I've been killed a bunch of times because my MP dropped below the cost for Source Punch. Yeah, I mean... Like, the goal here was for the agent fights to matter, and that's what the point of the stat changes was yeah and for mp to matter and that's what the point of the mp expensive stuff is right so you kind of just gotta we also signal when you're about to get an agent fight so just like you gotta just make sure you have enough mp and like if you lose it's because you weren't strong enough or careful enough you know and that's fine like there are tools and it it is it so it is interesting to me that people talk about how easy it is to gimp yourself if you don't get a particular skill by like your seventh or eighth agent fight but everyone feels like it's a different skill that you're gimped if you mm. don't have which nice. leads me to believe okay i i think that means i think that means that i accidentally balanced these okay yeah um it, you know initiative <clears throat> initiative is so goofy Initiative is bad. Initiative is a bad mechanic. What we're doing with initiative in West of Loathing is you just have a fixed speed value, and so do all of the enemies. And if the only time there is any chance in initiative is if your speed and the enemy's speed are exactly equal. Um, what do you? How does that work with multiple enemies? It's just like one of them is just the lead. I mean, it's so just just like, just like you. Yeah, you're. you're probably the only thing on your side of the battlefield that has speed right and it's more that the fight takes place at a speed than a particular enemy takes place at a speed takes place at a speed like this encounter is speed five and so if you have speed six you'll go first if you have speed four they'll go first if you have speed five there's a coin flip um and you know we can also like that also lets us do things like change it based on things that you've done before the fight sure whatever right like you like if you alerted them they're more likely to ambush you like that kind of thing um man this engine is so flexible if you alert them they change their name really fast before the fight starts (laughs) um mathematical says are there any new things that you can do now that you're hosting on amazon that you couldn't do before mainly adding capacity yeah, spinning up new web servers is the the easiest thing. We've already done that once or twice. Yeah, like there was a little bit of lag. We were talking, uh, C.D. Moyer pitched a thing during the KOL conference call on Monday. Um, his argument is we could get away with 75% as much hard, like 75% as many web servers as we have if there wasn't the rollover spike. Mm-hmm. And so we started like his proposal was changing rollover to like the middle of the day so that we could always be around 
so that we could always be around for it. Yeah. And Although I don't know the proposal that really was to change it to the like, middle of the night. Yeah. We cha- well, so I guess, I mean, his, his reasoning for changing it to the middle of the day was so that we would always be around for it. Even, you know, when we're like all old people now, my, my suggestion was, well, we don't actually ever do anything at rollover anymore. So why not just make it the middle of the night? So there's less of a spike. And he's pointed out that that would also mean that we could reduce the number of web servers that we had, if we didn't have to deal with that spike in usage. We, um, we do do things at rollover though. Like we, we release content, whether or not like we can automate that to some extent, but if there are problems, they'll be live yeah. until yeah we wake up. That's the only disadvantage of not babysitting stuff. Yep. We have gotten a lot better at that. I mean, we did not need to be around for the path rollout. Like we were, well, Chris was, I was at Disneyland, but Chris <laughs> we, was We around. definitely fixed a few things in that first couple of hours that it was yeah. out. But yeah, it's it's hard though because we, we we you know when you launch something like we've gone from a team of a couple of sort of volunteer sort of beta testers to now hundreds of people hammering on it immediately. They're they're gonna find stuff that we didn't find in in our own testing. Oh man, Gama Sutra article about list of loathing. Wow, really? Yeah, just got a Google alert like just now. Nice, yay! Huh weird that's cool any press yeah we have gotten any press um man i haven't had a google alert trigger in a really long time i, I eventually turned off the kingdom of Logan. I i never turned mine off it just oh. stopped firing oh well that's sad anyway um sorry, did i did i fuck up and Oh, no, I hadn't finished. I mean, I guess that's it. That's the only thing I can think of that we can do now. Um, security is better. I mean, we can we can run HTTPS in a way that we couldn't really before in a simple way. Um, our stuff is a lot more centralized. Like, Hot Stuff, you were pointing out to C.D. Moyer earlier today that, like, the workflow for just working on like our random domains that we have hosted and stuff is all really simplified. Yeah. I mean, um, CD Moyer just understands how, what we need and how it yeah works. So like he just makes the tools better. Yep. <laughs> and he's not really great. He doesn't have the, the, like Jeff was great, but Jeff had a lot of, Jeff was very dogmatic about server stuff in a way that was more important to him than, ease of use us being like able to easily do our jobs and chris moyer like is one of us so he obviously his priorities are lined up with ours and his sensibilities about risk are lined up with ours as opposed to like because he knows that if like if chris makes a mistake that results in us getting hacked he knows i'm not gonna fire him because like shit happens you know so he's not paranoid about security in a way that doesn't make sense to me right he doesn't he doesn't have to be stricter about that kind of stuff than he knows that i am the way that a sort of familiar but ultimately disinterested third party like jeff would have had to have been right like jeff was overly paranoid about security like all sysadmins more or less but still um 
So there are just he was things also that are... way off on his easier. estimate of like what it was going to cost to transition to the cloud. Well, because he because again that like hyper conservative like this is the right way to do things dogmatic mindset resulted in his initial quotes about what it would cost to move to the cloud being like insanely over provisioned hmm. like four times what we need <laughs> four times what we have turned out to need in the fullness of time right and like we, like we just we just were sort of okay with the fact that it's like well if we launch this and things are laggy and shitty for a couple of days and we then need to add another instance and like kick everybody off for a couple hours while we, you know, move the database to a bigger server or whatever, people will understand. Like we can do this in a way that means a 10% chance of a couple of hours of downtime if it cuts the monthly bill in half, if it works the first time. And there's like, there's a mindset that I think finds that really objectionable, but it's not a mindset that Chris Moyer or I have. So uh what else can we do uh there's there's basically just one repository that is now like the images and the podcasts and all of our backups like all file storage is kind of in one place which is nice um who knows there's probably all kinds of like metrics tools and analytics and stuff that we have access to that cinemars print made some cool graphs we can prepay for server instances which shit i yep. forgot to update the credit card um yeah and it ends up being cheaper you know so we can last longer as a company right even though server costs are a small fraction of our yeah overall costs the game could last longer if there was no one working on it that's true actually that is uh, let's see. Adam Marco says, in last week's podcast, you mentioned that you're using storefronts instead of use multiple for new currencies such as bacon. If you had used the use multiple instead of a storefront, do you think anyone would have ever found the shirt by trying 150,000 bacon? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Event Viewer says, ever think about putting some of the usability features from KOL Mafia back into the main game, e.g. use link by the items that have just been dropped? A, we do that all the time. B, we, we've we do... done that adding mafia adding stuff. adding functionality that is that originally comes from mafia b we have done it in the specific case of the thing that you're asking for via the right click menu um the thing that the thing that i do not like to do is add the sort of confusing visual clutter to the game that mafia understands that its users are sophisticated enough to be able to deal with so to get to that use link on an item that just dropped, you have to right click on it. But that's all you have to do is right click on it, you know? And if you're using Mafia, you're at a computer, so you have a mouse and you have a right mouse button. So, like, so yeah, I mean, we do think about it all the time. Like, the auto, uh, auto re-upping of buffs, like, is a thing that just made it into the game. And it's, like, a lot of the time when we do something like this it is like not quite good enough to satisfy the people who want the mafia version because it needs to be like a implementable in the time that we have at our disposal which is unlike in a giant open source project like not like this is not a big passion project for us with the expectation that if one contributor doesn't work on it for free another one will right so we are more limited in our resources than the entire open source development community of KOL Mafia is and also 
those interface concerns that I mentioned, like it, for me to be happy with the product, it needs to be clean and it needs to not have a bunch of UI noise. And Mafia just has a ton of UI noise. Like Mafia is an incredibly intimidating thing. And I think that when very experienced players talk about it, they sort of forget that like Mafia is a piece of software that they've had a lot of time to get used to, which is an interface for a different product that they also had a lot of time to get used to. And when we put these features into the main game, unless we unless we put them behind an option to turn them on, they're things that people see like minute one of using the game. And it's easy for it to get intimidating in a way that no one who's been paying attention to it for 12 years will recognize as intimidating. Um, Dryhead says, Dear the powers that be, today I fought the thing with no name named Neil. I laughed out loud for half a minute. Thanks for continuing to make such an awesome game. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, this was a good, this was a good item of the month. I mean, from my perspective, it was a great item of the month because I did basically nothing for it. You drew some tentacles. Oh, that's true. You animated some tentacles. I did. Riff did some writing. Yep. But yeah, Chris did a good job. This was Chris's item of the month and it was good. You want to get some food? Yes. Okay. Riff, mm-hmm. do you want to get some food? Uh, yeah, I might maybe get some food. You going to get it out of the fridge or you going to get it out of a restaurant? Uh, no, probably just the fridge. The fridge or like a cabinet? Uh, fridge. What's in the fridge? Uh, lunch meat. Okay. Okay. That's, you're having lunch meat for dinner? Yep, just a big handful of it. Just a fist. Lunch fist in my mouth. Nice. Are you going to listen to some emo music while you, uh... <laughs> lunch yeah, fisk? E- emo Phillips. <laughs> lunch fisk. Is, is that where you, like, take lunch meat and you, like, bury it for a year? Yeah, you bury it <laughs> Well, Riff, it has been wonderful recording this episode of... No. <laughs> okay, well, podcast. Do go on. <laughs> this is some usurping happening here. And we don't owe you shit, Riff. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Ah, va, 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 va. <laughs>